0: What's well, one of the biggest reasons that Christianity and Western cultures have declined over the last 200
1: years? The Trojan horse of deep time, today on Creation Magazine Live. The Bible really is true, and it's supported by science and the
0: things we see in the world around us. Keep listening to find out how. Welcome to Creation Magazine Live. I'm Richard Fangrad, and I'm Calvin Smith. Now today we're going to be talking about well, the title is "The Trojan Horse of Deep Time." How right. deep time infiltrated the church over uh, well quite a while ago. Right. Um, it, it's going to be a little bit different. This article, this uh, this uh, show, is actually based on an article that you did, Cal. Right. Uh, right. By the same name, and it outlines the collapse of biblical authority in the Western world, in Christianity, in the Western That's world. Right. Uh, and, and and why that happened in a, in a story like fashion. So
1: we'll go through that story with the analogy of the Trojan horse. Right. In, in the famous tale from from Homer's Odyssey, the fortress of Troy was defeated by the Greek army uh, by leaving a large wooden horse, of course, secretly filled with with uh, soldiers behind as a supposed gift, and the Trojans willingly took it into their gates, allowing the of course the hidden force inside to to, to take over the. The fortress, right? And, and defeat the uh, the army that was inside the fortress.
0: Yeah, today a Trojan horse, that's used as an, an analogy, it's a metaphor to symbolize a strategy uh, that allows an enemy to infiltrate and defeat a seemingly invincible foe. Right. The Trojan horse strategy and so on. It also often implies that uh, if it wasn't for obvious reasons of pride or inattentiveness, right on the part of the victim the ploy wouldn't have succeeded so there, it works on multiple levels there right. in other words the injured party uh... should have known better that's that's the bottom line right. now what we're going to do in this story is use it as an analogy to what happened to the church in once great Christian nations.
1: Exactly. I mean, if you think of the Western Church, even up to maybe a hundred years ago, as a, as a strong fortress, right? Towers proudly displaying banners of faith, uh, her watchmen trumpeting the call, announcing the salvation available for sinners because of Christ's sacrifice. Uh, think of how the church church used to send streams of emissaries uh, around the world, uh, winning souls, breaking yes. down strongholds, freeing captives, defeating the enemy on his own ground. Um, Christian soldiers, armed with the sword of the spirit, boldly uh, championed the, the, the of Christ made inroads across the globe uh, on her home ground. Uh, Christian leaders taught God's Word boldly so the men and women of God raised godly children um, so that there, there were more believers, right? Uh, raised up just as the scripture commanded and of course God's Word was proclaimed uh, as the ultimate authority Over man in the Western world countries. Yeah, the church was once like a fortress,
0: like this fortress of Troy and so on. Her towers proudly displaying banners of faith, her watchmen trumpeting the call announcing salvation available because of Christ's sacrifice. And now, the story's different. It's completely different today. Uh, The fortress is being assailed from all sides, including assaults from within, (laughs) uh, unfortunately. Uh, Her soldiers are often ill equipped for attack or defense uh, for both. Both those. Wolves are in the fold and infighting is commonplace, mm-hmm. unfortunately. That's what we find in churches today. Uh, many collaborate with the enemy, and vast numbers have abandoned the post and uh, freely joined the enemy's camp. The authority of God's word is openly questioned, even within its own walls. The proclamation of the gospel is hindered,
1: and the trumpet's clarion call is unclear. You know, today, as has always been, the main battleground for the church is the concept of biblical authority. So if the biblical Bible doesn't have to mean what it plainly says, then obviously it can be interpreted to mean whatever the reader wants it to. And so so therefore, fallible man becomes the authority over God's uh, revealed truth. So we'd expect non-believers to question the authority of God's Word. But if a professing believer lacks confidence in the Bible, then, of course, double-mindedness is what you're going to get. Okay,
0: so so what happened? There's been a change. What Mm -hmm. happened? Christians understand from the Bible that there's a real enemy that prowls around seeking to destroy and devour. That's that's Satan. The Bible talks about Satan. The Bible describes Satan as both extremely intelligent and sly. Right. Um, undoubtedly he knew a frontal attack to discredit God's Word would not likely be successful. That right. would raise the, the... Be too obvious. The, be too obvious, yeah. A better strategy would be to concoct a plan to do it secretively, to, uh, to unlock the gates from within and allow doubt to creep in and confusion to come pouring in. And uh, that idea would not uh, cause obvious offence. Or or attack the church's perceived main tenets, such as the cross. You attack the cross, and all the Uh, the, Christians are going to fight back. Of course, yeah. Uh, Something that would be attractive to man's intellect, but not trigger the alarms. Any idea that would seem totally—you need an idea that seems harmless, and and separate from theology. Something like
1: that uh, would be quietly accepted. And what was that idea? In the late 1700s, the idea of millions of years started to become popularized in Western yes. academia. And this idea was, you know, wasn't a result of radioisotope dating. Or, or, uh, it was long it, before that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it came through ideas um, because of the sedimentary rocks, how they were yes. interpreted, right? Yep. Now, the concept was easy, uh, simple and easy to teach and understand. You know, If you get a layer or two of sedimentary uh, deposition per year, if you added up all the layers you've seen, it must have taken millions of years to put those things down. And sure. People could get that that concept pretty quickly, and yeah. That changed their way they thought.
0: The idea of deep time is uh, did, didn't seem offensive to many in the church. So that, that's one of the strategies of oh look right. at this cute horse here. Let's yeah. take it in. Uh, and, and and church leaders, it, it didn't attack the lordship of Christ. It didn't it, it didn't have any connection to morals or values. It was just reinterpreting the rocks. It seems pretty right. harmless and and it was popularized by men of science and all these guys got studying this and there was a respectability upstanding citizens and so on were promoting this and and they seemed friendly to the church yep. many of them were were you know friends of the church and they and and what they proposed seemed logical it was it was a sophisticated argument you mm-hmm. know and technical methods, the, the technical methods seemed fairly reasonable. It was a reasonable argument. By mm-hmm. and large, the church accepted the concept of an old earth as intellectually and scientifically sound. Right. That's what happened. And as these ideas became more popular, theologians started to figure out how to fit millions of years into the Bible. That right. became the next challenge. And after all, there were many clever and sophisticated uh, ways that could be devised to allow millions of years to be fit into Genesis. Uh, you've got the gap theory, day age, a tranquil flood, um, you know, Genesis 1 to 11 as a localized creation, uh, <laughs> etc., many other ideas. They were all proposed as viable options for reinterpreting the scripture to get in
1: the millions of years and and. and, and The trap was sprung at that point. Exactly, because these people had failed to realize that by taking the bait of millions of years of earth history uh, versus the biblical account, what they'd actually given up is the concept of biblical authority. Yes. You don't have to take the Bible as plainly written. So the gates of infallibility themselves had been unlocked from within by the defenders of the faith themselves and and the doors get pushed open and and allowing doubt to flood in. Basically that's what happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, Saying scripture should be interpreted according to what scientists conclude about history, conceded that science, which which is really conclusions about history by fallible men based on naturalistic assumptions had more authority than God's word and even though it was plain to see that Genesis and the relevant supporting verses uh, throughout the Bible uh, supported a recent creation and a young earth um, basically what they'd announce is that the Bible wasn't the final authority Uh, of course simultaneously declaring it was but really it wasn't, people could figure that out and uh, you know this, this publicly stood against what the teaching of the church fathers, what the reformers, and, and th- these guys had overwhelmingly believed. Genesis declared that the earth was young. And, um, you know, so that's why you started to see declarations from champions of biblical inerrancy, uh, like the, fo- uh, the following, become common. Um, It is of course admitted that, taking this account, Genesis, by itself, it would be most natural to understand the word day in its ordinary sense. But if that sense brings the mosaic account into conflict with facts, millions of years of course is what he's saying, and another sense avoids such conflict, then it's obligatory on us to to adopt the other. Now in doing so, what they're admitting is that beliefs from outside
0: scripture should be used to reinterpret the Bible. Right. And uh, it... it Genesis 1-11 to began to be looked at as an instructive story rather than true history. Right. And this quickly was, was noticed and capitalized on by the enemies of the church. Right. Uh, Darwin's bulldog, as, as his nickname was, Thomas Huxley, yeah. said this, If Adam may be held to be no more real a personage than Prometheus, and if the story of the fall is merely an instructive type, comparable to the profound Promethean myth- mythos, What value has Paul's dialectic? And what about the authority of the writers of the books of the New Testament, who on this theory have not merely accepted flimsy fictions for solid truths, but have built the very foundations of Christian dogma upon legendary quicksands?
1: Yeah, he figured it out (laughs) very quickly. I mean, (laughs) Allowing the earth's age to be a vast antiquity, then God's fortress now fell victim to numerous assaults, right, from within and without. See, if the fossil record with all its recorded death and suffering occurred millions of years prior to Adam's sinning, then God must have used death to create, which creates all sorts of questions. It, it couldn't have been Adam's sin that uh, allowed death and suffering into the creation. What was Jesus to save us from then, yes. right? Yeah. So how could a Christian answer, you know, why is there so much pain and suffering in, in the world if, if a good God used death and disease and cancer to create? I mean, how do you determine which parts of the Bible are true? This was the, yeah. the seed yeah. that was sown. Charles Lyell was, uh, was a major player here. Lyell was an anti-Christian lawyer,
0: an amateur geologist, and um, he used his reinterpretation of the geological data, and he used that to attack the authority of scripture. In his own words to friends and colleagues, we can clearly see that he understood what he was doing. He had a right. strategy. He said this, I conceived the idea five or six years ago, that would have been in 1824 or 25, that if ever the mosaic geology could be set down without giving offence, it would be an historical sketch, and you must abstract mine in order to have as little to say as possible yourself. Let them feel it and point
1: the moral. Right. He's talking to a friend of his, Paulette Scrope, and he's saying, "Look, yeah. just just show them this is different history," and then then they'll feel what the effect is on, on yeah. their, their Bible. Yeah. He, he knew that there was going to be some resistance from the church, but trusted that if he was careful enough not to cause offense and if he appealed to the intellectual aspects of his now largely disregarded geological ideas, he could actually get help from those inside the church to, to undermine mm. and, and he'd actually use compromising clergy to accomplish his goal. He said this, if we don't irritate, which I fear that we may, Though mere history, we shall carry all with us. If we don't triumph over them, but complement the liberality and candor of the present age, the bishops and enlightened saints will join us in despising both the ancient and modern physical theologians. It is just the time to strike, so rejoice, sinner that you are. The quarterly review, a publication which he was trying to get his ideas into, is open to you. Yeah, I mean it's just blatant what he—he's the guy that's pushing the horse through the
0: gates. You got it. It's Lyle's concept of overthrowing the geological conclusions outlined in Moses' writings—that's the global flood. Yeah, uh, it was very successful, and that paved the way for Darwinian evolution. You need millions of years in place before you can have Darwinian evolution because evolution takes millions of years. The Western world was forever changed. The church was changed, and while many Christians seem not to understand what happened, honest. Bible skeptics admit this. E.O. Yeah. Uh, e. Wilson, here's a, a, a skeptic, I myself have little doubt that in England it was uniformitarian long ages, in, uh, geology, and the theory of evolution that changed us from a Christian to a pagan
1: nation. Here's a skeptic that right. understands how this Trojan horse worked. Right. Compromising God's words with man's fallible ideas doesn't help the cause of Christ. No. <laughs> Lyle's <laughs> ideas of uniformitarian geology, were, are, uh, they're widely dismissed as illegitimate by modern geologists, right? right? And yet his faulty ideas were allowed to creep in virtually unchallenged into the stronghold of biblical authority. You know, nobody yeah. n- not too many people believe them today, but they worked back then. The watchmen should have identified these ideas. They, they don't match up to God's word. They should have sounded the alarm, right? Yeah. Yeah. Men like Charles Darwin knew exactly how to attack the church, and yet very few in the church seem to discern it, or even today. You know, mm-hmm. look at these quotes from Darwin. This is a, in a letter to, he sent to his son, who also... Was undermining the church as okay. he, he'd learned from his father. This is Darwin's word. Lyle is most firmly convinced that he has shaken the faith in the Delugeon com- Company far more efficiently than never having said a word against the Bible than if he had acted otherwise.
0: He, he, tot- he knew completely what he was doing. He yep. knew that by undermining the flood and
1: promoting millions of years, it undermined biblical authority. Exactly. And he, and he uh, admitted that the best way to undermine Christianity was to do so slowly with side attacks. He right. said this, right. I've lately read Morley's Life and Voltaire, and he insists strongly that directly... The direct attacks on Christianity, even when written with the wonderful force and vigor of Voltaire, produce little permanent effects. Real good seems only to follow from slow and silent side attacks. Wow. He, he, and he was, that's, that's Darwin. That's right? Darwin. That's actually Darwin. Okay, yeah. And yeah. he also said in the same letter, Stuart Mill never expressing his religious convictions, as he was urged never to do by his father, both agreed strongly that if he had done so, he would never have influenced the present age in the manner in which he has done. His books would not have been textbooks at Oxford. He's referring <laughs> to another person where his dad said, no, no, no! don't, don't, don't attack the Bible. Just, yeah, just, yeah. Just, just introduce these things that go against the Bible as an intellectual thing. And these are textbooks that were, were in Oxford. Yeah, amazing. So these Bible skeptics were not only devising ways to undermine
0: Christianity, uh, but were doing it with a network of people and teaching it to their sons. Exactly. We have a multi-generational effect going on. It's yep. uh, just incredible. The Trojan horse of deep time. Deep right. time has slipped in and the church today, most of the church has bought it and um, it has destroyed the church. A to crippling effect a larger, a crippling people's, effect. people's yeah. faith. Yeah. To rebuild. What, what do we do? To, let, let's make some headway here. Let's yep. turn around and to rebuild the concept of biblical authority. First of all, we have to know that what God's Word plainly says. That we, we start there. Read Scripture daily, trust it. Uh, Proverbs 3.5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. That's a key verse in this Very issue. Key. Let's just trust God and follow what the Bible says, and everything else is secondary. Right. What we allow into our minds has to be filtered by the Word of God before we accept anything. Uh, Romans 12.2 reminds us about this, uh, that we're not to be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of our minds to test and discern what is acceptable to God. Then we will know if what someone says matches scripture and be accepted or whether it should be rejected. We're supposed to think differently as Christians. We're not supposed to accept the same presuppositions, the same axioms that the rest of the world accepts. Uh, that, that's the foundation of our faith. If, if we do that, we can d- develop a strong foundation based on God's Word.
1: Yeah, and then we can be strong and unwavering, right? That's right. Yep. Not only are we to uh, not accept man's authority over God's, but we're to defend the authority of God's Word, right? So we, yes. we believe it, but then we need to defend it. We need to attack concepts that try to come against it. First Peter 3.15 declares that Christians should always have a ready defense for their faith, yes. but that they should honor Christ in their hearts as Lord over all. And, and in fact, we should, we should love the Lord with all our hearts, with all our strength, with all our soul, and with all our mind. You know? um, and Second uh, Corinthians 10.5 says, uh, We're to destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and take every thought captive to obey Christ. You know, sometimes people are like, well, well I believe what I believe, and I believe the Bible. And, and that's great. You're supposed to believe the Bible. Yeah, But there are people that are challenging the Bible, and you need to challenge their interpretation. You need to question them, you need to destroy those strongholds, you need to destroy those arguments. That's, that's an offensive position in a sense. Yeah, right? and maybe not for your own faith. For those viewers
0: who have a solid faith and evolution in millions of years really doesn't affect it. That's great. That's what yeah. we all want to be. But what about a relative? What about a family member that's strayed from the faith? What about, what about, about kids? What, what about grandkids? kids? Yeah, that, they're being affected by these things and you as a believer need to get some arguments going there, teach them to think biblically, uh, and, and so on. So beware of Greeks bearing gifts. That's the <laughs> ultimate, <laughs> the ultimate uh, uh, warning there. Uh, the concept of millions of years has caused incredible damage to the church, to the fortress of infallibility. Uh, many Christians simply want to fight the ills of society, like abortion and same-sex marriage and right. so on. Uh, but, but, um, and, and they think the age of the earth is a side issue that's the thing. It, it, it's a side issue, don't worry about it, and, and they don't recognize the massive effects that it has. It was the key issue. It, it was, it was the key <laughs> issue. If arguments, but if arguments against these social ills are to have any power, they must have a source of authority. Right. It, gets back, it gets back to the authority of the Bible. Abortion is wrong because all people are made in the image of God. Right. You go back to the authority of the Bible. Uh, uh, that, that's the, the source of authority. Genesis. Homosexual relationships are wrong because God created marriage to be one man and one woman. God determines that, not us. Right. Uh, that's why it's wrong. It's a source of authority. Back to Genesis. The root of these problems is the lack
1: of biblical authority in our culture. That's the problem. Exactly. You know, Christians can't uh, argue persuasively when they're they're standing on the sinking sand of of, of a faulty foundation. Yes. Um, So although, you know, we might grow weary of the battle, uh, defenders of the faith, um, we're not supposed to grow fainthearted and give in to the temptation of accepting easy-believing gifts such as deep time, day-age theory, theistic evolution. We're always offered these kind of things, and you think after a while, like, do we really need to, okay, let's just say God used evolution. Well, you can't do that, because it goes against what the Bible says. You yeah. give up biblical authority. It'd be an and easy way out, wouldn't it? It'd, it'd be an easy way out, but, but we're not to be intimidated by, the, by these seemingly unstoppable forces that just keep pumping out this millions of years um, idea. Um, We've got a great uh, resource that can really help you understand some of the, the things we've brought up. And uh, it's Should Cre- Christians Embrace Evolution? And uh, it's a biblical and scientific response. So it, it goes through the theology, but it also gives you some scientific defense. And uh, if you'd like to check out this resource, you can just go to the uh, the website, and it will really do a lot to help you know, defend the faith of the Bible, defend what you believe, and show you that you can take the Bible as plainly written. There was a debate between Ken Ham and Bill Nye the
0: science guy right. uh earlier in 2014 and um, uh uh this this uh in the news article that we'll we'll read here. well I'll just I'll just read the article and you'll uh, you'll you'll figure it we'll out catch up it starts this way in a debate with Ken Ham Bill Nye the the science guy dogmatically claimed and asked Ham to cite any out-of-order fossils in the geologic record because if there were any, it would be problematic for the evolutionary model. Due to the seeming confidence of Niles' assertion and that uh, Ken didn't answer it during the debate, right. many have contacted us, that CMI, Creation Ministries International, for the answer on this single question. And so that's what this article does,
1: and you can have a look at the article uh, at this link here. Right. Now, uh, one of the things, first we should note, that even if you give an evolutionist uh, oftentimes an example of an out-of-sequence, they'll just kind of reinterpret the Well, how do you really know? It's a, you know, We've seen several times where they've yeah. said, this rock is this many millions of years old. You show them some evidence, oh, well, maybe it's just, oh, well, we've done a new, new dating method, and they, they modify the things, yeah. and it's, it's very fluid. Or they so. quickly move on to something else. Well, what about the, you answer their <laughs> question? And, yeah. Yeah. But uh, we, we've seen that, we've got articles on the website that, that uh, deal with this. But, uh, you know, there are lots of inconvenient fossils. So we there can are. go through some of them that are in the article here. Um, for example, uh, trilobites, allegedly 500 million years old in the Cambrian strata, have eyes that are far too complex for their place in the fossil record. That is, they have no precursors it, to their appearance. All of a sudden, you've got eyes in the fossil record. Well, where are the fossils that show something with no eyes going to them? They're, they're not there, right? Interesting. Yeah. The article also lists this one. Perhaps most
0: astonishingly, pollen fossils, evidence of flowering plants, were found in Precambrian strata. According to evolutionists, flowering flowering plants first evolved 160 million years ago, but the Precambrian Precambrian strata is older than
1: 550 million years. How's that out of place fossil? way out of place. Way out of place. That that destroys the evolutionary timeline. That that one evidence right there is just like yeah, psh, blown by Done. the water. Go talk yep. to an evolutionist and see if they'll just bow down to creationism after you whip out that fact. Yeah, but anyway. not. The- um, dinosaurs are supposed to have evolved into birds, but uh, Confu—let <laughs> me see if I can get this right. Confucius. Ornus, oh man. Well, yep, yeah, that's a wild one. Was a true beak bird that predates the feathered dinosaurs that it allegedly came from. It's also been found in the stomach of a dinosaur. Oops. <laughs> right? Um, uh, here, here's another
0: one that the article mentions. Grass. Simple simple grass. Yeah. Uh, which has been found in fossilized dinosaur coprolites. that's fossilized dung. Yeah. Um, but grass is not supposed to have evolved until at least 10 million years after the dinosaurs went extinct. How did they eat something that that hadn't exactly a
1: problem? Well, so. you can look at this article and you can see the code, the, the the listing for it there. But there's a ton of examples like this. But don't expect your evolutionary friend to just bow down to this because evidence is always interpreted according to what you pre-believe, right? Right.
0: But and nevertheless, you still we still try to we present these things, and the people who have been you know enlightened by God's Holy Spirit, they're gonna they're gonna think about it, and they're gonna say, th- you know what, the Bible makes sense, right? and that's what this show is about. And uh, Get a copy of Creation Magazine, a digital copy. uh, Creation.com slash free mag. Get a free copy of Creation Magazine. See you you next next time. time. Both the Creation Magazine live TV show and this podcast are produced by Creation Ministries International, a global think-tank organization dedicated to disseminating the huge amount of scientific evidence for the accuracy of the biblical account of the origin of our universe. If you'd like to donate to keep this information coming, go to creation.com slash donate. And thanks for listening.